0: Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. but this morning we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to look at the Old Testament from the New. So I invite you to turn in your, uh, your Bible to Hebrews 11. Uh, so I invite you to turn now to Hebrews 11. And we'll, Ryan's going to begin with verse uh, 20, but I'm going to go back a little bit and just read a, a little before that. So here are these uh, words starting in verse 13. All of these died in faith without having received the promises. But from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that we were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. And going to verse 20. By faith, Isaac invoked blessings for the future on Jacob and Esau. And by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions about his burial. And by faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months after his birth because they saw that that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered abuse suffered for for the Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to the reward. And by faith, he left Egypt unafraid of the king's anger, for he persevered as though he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, indeed. Let us pray. Holy God, allow us to have faith that seeks understanding, that seeks to live now in the in-between. While you have come and dwelt among us, Our world is still broken. We are still broken. And while we wait for you, we ask for strength and knowledge as to how we are to live. Amen. The in between, the middle. The middle is a strange place. You can't really begin a story in the middle. That means it's not the middle, it's the beginning. And you can't really finish a story in the middle because that means it's the end. How often do we hear people say, don't just stop in the middle, you have to finish? Or any of us have been to middle school, I'm assuming most of us in this service. That most likely was not the most pleasant experience, that awkward in-between phase. If you look back on your life and choose one season to relive, I'm not sure any of us would choose middle school. An awkward period of life we'd probably rather not revisit. Or how about the middle of a workout? You know, we go to the gym and that warm-up, okay, let's do this. And then that peak middle, it's the hardest part. It's the most uncomfortable part. We long for the cool-down, the stretch. That middle, it's hard. If anyone's ever seen the show The Middle, it was a funny sitcom that was on for many years and kind of got, Laid aside uh, because it's awkward. It was about a family, a middle income family, and there was so much chaos. It was a chaotic show of them trying to navigate life. It was hilarious. The antics were unmatched, and it always had a positive spin at the end. But the middle, the middle is a strange place. We all have those moments midlife. Maybe be a crisis, a period that feels overwhelming. We don't have the naivety of our youth or the wisdom of our age yet. Overwhelmed by the present, and our perspective is limited in the middle. The middle is painful and can be scary. Asked Tiagin, I can't bear to go outside alone in the middle of the night. I don't know if anyone can, and I would rather be anywhere than in the middle of nowhere. In Karl Barth, the great theologian of the 20th century, he talks about the middle, but he talks about it in in God talk. I don't want to disappoint us or dishearten us, but he says that we all live right now in the middle. He says it a little differently. He says he calls it the already and the not yet. While Jesus has already come into the world to save us, and we are being saved Jesus has not yet come again to fully redeem and reconcile all of creation in final victory. This is where we live, the middle. But the middle is always a means to an end. It's always the path we must go, a way towards finishing the story. We are living in the middle, preparing for the ending, but the question is how do we prepare and how do we live in the middle? With all the news and so much happening in our world and so much uncertainty, I feel like right now feels like a pretty big middle. What will happen? What has happened hasn't prepared us for what is to come. And this is the very place that we enter this passage from Hebrews, kind of in the middle of a lot of these stories, kind of not having the context for several of our characters And Abraham and Sarah are two of them. They find themselves, and we find them, called by God into the unknown and into the middle of the story. They leave their families. They leave their home. Why would they risk this? Why would they be willing to go where they aren't sure how it will end? Why would they have faith in this mission? And faith, as the writer of Hebrews defines, is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for, not the hope of things hoped for. The confidence in things hoped for. Abraham and Sarah, they find their faith in God, and they found faith in the promises that they receive from God of an inheritance. And a promise that through their offspring, they would be a blessing to all the nations. That's an incredible promise. And they couldn't even imagine really seeing the fruition of their labors. They really never do in its fullness. They never see the outcome or the fact that it was God's call on Abraham's life that resulted in our very gathering this morning. We are the fruits of Abraham's offspring. That's their blessing and actually it's ours. But but why did these two people trust God's promises so deeply? Not in part, but in whole. And that's exactly how they lived. I think Abraham and Sarah trusted God's promises or had faith because they participated. They participated in God's work, and they experienced God's faithfulness themselves. They actively experienced the blessing of Isaac being born despite Sarah's age. They saw God fulfill God's promises, and some were left and are still to be completed, but they knew and saw, and we as Christians who have hope And have faith, we know the end of our story. We talked about it last week, that our end, our end is completion in Christ. We know that Christ's work in our world is going to come into completion. But in the meantime, in the middle, while the brokenness of our world seems overwhelming, we are part of the kingdom of God being realized said Abraham and Sarah participated in the life and the building of God's kingdom. They participated. They did not anticipate what was to come. They longed, but they were active. And we are part of that active participation in building God's kingdom. And we see it all around us, even in The middle, we see stories of resurrection. It's like if you walk outside at Orange, very real example here, you'll see that despite it all, the grass grows through the concrete. Resurrection, life is bursting forth. The hope of Christ is breaking through in the work that we as the body of Christ are doing. That's the substance of Abraham. That's the substance of our faith in the stories we hear and we see and we get to engage with. I don't know if anyone's recently seen the story of a woman who is a librarian in in an inner city in Baltimore, and she was, her lifelong dream was to provide reading resources for kids who don't have access. And she quickly realized, as she's working as a librarian, when kids don't have access to books, it's because they don't have access to transportation to get to books. So here she is sitting in a library, but no kids are there. So she decided she had to go out, and she decided she started building and raising money to, be, to build vending machine libraries all around town, and that you get a coin, you put it in, and a brand new book, not a used book, a brand new book falls into your hands. And this story was featured on the news, and she had an Amazon wish list, and she showed the picture of her driveway covered in packages with books inside. To put in those libraries. That's the kingdom inbreaking in our midst. The inbreaking of the kingdom in our midst is our Share the Love bags. We just formed a partnership with the church down, down the street at Amity, who heard through our newsletter and all that we were passing these bags out, and they run a clothing and food um, operation there several days a week and said, Hey, could we get some bags to give to the people who come? That would be such a great. Uh, offering for them. And so we partnered with them and they're, they're gonna start handing those out. That's the kingdom breaking in, our blood drives, those who are in need, the gift of life, the inbreaking. breaking This is our faith, living now assured of what is coming, assured that despite all of our brokenness, God is still at work. That Christ's coming is not permission to be apathetic to stop trying and working, but it is a rallying cry for a life lived in thanksgiving and faithfulness. That's what the gospel of Luke is calling us to, that despite living in the already and the not yet, we must live as if the master has already returned, as if the ending has already happened. I once listened to a talk in which a man described what he did on the weekends. He said, every weekend, or as often as I can, I go up to the mountains and I fish, and I hunt, and I connect with nature. I know I have to still work Monday through Friday, but I have to go, because that's how I want to spend my retirement. I wanna retire to that mountain cabin and live out the rest of my days there. And a friend asked, but why not just grind harder and work faster here so that you can get to that retirement and spend all of your time in that cabin? Man said, it wouldn't make much sense to go up to that mountain cabin not knowing how to live there already. Not knowing how to work there, how to enjoy being there. Because knowledge and appreciation come from learning a place, from living in a place. And so we similarly, we cannot put off kingdom living until we actually enter the kingdom. We cannot put it off until we enter into Jesus' fullness. We live now in in preparation of Jesus' completed work. We live now to reveal to others the good news of Jesus, that though the world is broken and in the messy middle, it is not without hope. It is not without faith. Our faith gives substance. Our faith gives proof to the kingdom in breaking into our world. Because without faith, we wouldn't be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work we do, to participate in those kingdom tasks, feeding the hungry, visiting the sick, caring for the grieving, providing for others. And likewise, because we are not without faith, we are not lost. Despite living in a land that is not our own. Those beginning words, as a writer of Hebrews states, we are living in a foreign land. But in the book of Jeremiah, God commands that while the Israelites are exiled to a foreign land, they continue to live. He demands they not give up, they not sit back and watch their futures dissolve. Instead, God commands they get up, they get married, they have children, they tend to that land, and they make a home in a place that is not their home because there is still work to be done. We don't have to sim- we don't have to reject this place simply because we know that there is a place being prepared for us right now that is far beyond our imagination. What we have now is an opportunity to create kingdom while we wait for the kingdom. And because we know the fullness of our faith in Christ, we can look around to one another and testify to the ways God is present. We don't turn back to the land we left, toward our old lives, we look forward. And toward a better land, a better place than the brokenness we know. And we work together as the body toward mending that brokenness in real time. In the middle. Through the power of God's promises. What a gift we have in celebrating communion. A foretaste of the kingdom. But an active participation in the actual kingdom. We don't wait. We come to the table today. We are living in the middle, (laughs) a very messy middle, preparing in many ways for the ending, but sometimes if we look harder, we discover that in the midst of the messy middle, there is so, so much beauty. Think about the journey a caterpillar takes to becoming a butterfly and how we engage our kids to watch that transformation, to see that chrysalis. Or the years we spend in our lives, raising kids, worrying about debt, enduring tragedy, experiencing loss. Those were some of the richest, deepest, most joy-filled, stressful times in our lives. The middle of the day is so necessary. That sun things to grow, it's also the time of day that reminds us to go jump in the pool and enjoy it. The middle is where we grow, it's where we change, it's where we are being changed by God. So how we live in the middle matters. It matters because it reveals the substance of our faith, that despite the pain and struggle of our lives, we believe in a God that is actively redeeming and reconciling the world to himself, not who will, but who is and who will. And we get to be a part of it not tomorrow. We get to be a part of it today. And one of the ways, as I said, that we get to actively participate in that inbreaking of the kingdom is through the heavenly banquet that is set before us. Participating in Holy Communion while living in a foreign land is a testimony, it's a witness that in our very gathering, God's promises are being and will be fulfilled. So, friends, let us actually meet in the middle this morning. Let us gather at this table and testify to God's kingdom now and forever. Let us pray. Almighty God, We give thanks for the beginnings and the endings. We give thanks that you are Alpha and Omega, but we give thanks that you are also the middle. We give thanks for the substance of our lives that falls in that middle, for the substance of our faith that grows in the middle. God, we ask that you help us to see what is to come, but not to lose sight of what is and the work that is before us today. God, be with us as we gather at this table to taste what might be, what will be, what we are assured will be. Lord, we give thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself for us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.